Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Moments That Made Me with me, your host, Roxy Nafusi. Today, we are joined by the absolutely incredible Kirsty Gallagher. Kirsty is an astrologer, moon mentor, and author of Lunar Living. She helps people to understand how to use the magic of the moon to live life to its fullest potential. I can't wait to hear her three defining moments and also ask her what a Mercury retrograde really is. <laughs> Kirsty, I am obsessed with your Instagram page, your lives. You have Thank the you. most loyal audience I've ever seen. I logged, okay, so I was in bed the other day and it was 8.30 and it just mm-hmm. popped up your live, Kirsty starting a live. I was like, right, I'm going to go in. And it was all about <laughs> teaching everyone what Mercury Retrograde is. I literally, yeah. do you know how much I loved it? I felt like I was watching TV. I sat <laughs> and watched the whole thing. You had like over 700 people on there. No. I was just like, oh my God. But, <laughs> and thank God, because... All I ever hear is people blaming mm. Mercury retrograde on everything. Yeah. So can you please enlighten us before we start with your defining moments? What the hell is it? Oh, so <laughs> three times a year, the planet Mercury appears to go backwards. So he doesn't really go backwards, but it's just from our view on Earth, he appears to go backwards. And it happens for up to three weeks. And then there's what's known as a shadow period. That's about two weeks either side. So Mercury retrograde became quite kind of fashionable a little while ago for everyone sort of tongue-in-cheek blaming Mercury because it's kind of fun to do. If I'm not blaming the moon, I'm going to blame Mercury because why not? Um, And so Mercury rules um, communication, transport, all those kind of things, tech. And so it's quite commonly known that during a Mercury retrograde, things like tech will tend to go wrong or you'll find that as you're trying to communicate with people, you're like, am I not speaking the right language here? Are you you not understanding what I'm saying? And so tongue in cheek, it's a time where your tech is going to tend to go a bit wrong. Travel plans are going to tend to just not work out. Communication tends to break down a little bit. But on a deeper level, when a planet retrogrades, it asks us to take the energy of that planet and internalize it. So Mercury retrograde is really powerful for going inwards into how do I communicate? Do I communicate authentically? Do I really speak my truth? And the sign that Mercury retrogrades in brings a lot more power around what we want to really delve into. Mercury will also take us back into the past so we can learn from it. So you tend to find as well a lot of exes reappear in Mercury retrograde or you'll find yourself pondering something that happened like five years ago and be like, wow, why am I thinking about this over again? Mm. But again, if you go a little deeper, you'll find there's perhaps something unresolved in there or you'll find it was a time that you didn't stand up for yourself or speak your truth. And so Mercury helps us to revisit those places so that then we can learn from them and use that information going forwards. Oh, I love 
that and do you know what I think you know with self-development and all of that and going mm. that you can get a bit sort of like oh my goodness do I have to look inwards all the time all the do time. I have and you just but actually this is quite good to go use the mercury retrograde yeah. as those times rather than because there is time for self-reflection and there's time for moving forward having fun living mm. in the moment and so I think actually it is such a good opportunity to kind of use that as your guide yes absolutely one of my real passions is trying to make the more mystical or the woo really real and relatable because exactly to the point you've just beautifully made we can spend our whole lives doing the work mm. and it sometimes gets to the stage where you're like this again like have I not done this already <laughs> so there's times when we've just got to live where we've got to be like do you know what let me just live but the retrogrades the lunar cycle all those things at least give us checking points so we're not just living unaware and we get to plug back in and as you say go okay let me use these next few weeks to just go a bit deeper into where I'm currently at. I love this. Oh God. Okay. I could so just go on a tangent with you. I'm like, oh my God. Right. But let me, this is about you. So tell me your first defining moment. My first major defining moment, I think, and then everything sort of blended into many other defining moments came when my best friend passed away about 10 years ago now. And she was only very, very young. We were in our 20s. And it was a huge moment for me of realizing that first realization, I suppose, that that could have been me. That could have been any of our friendship group. And up to that point, had I really lived the life I wanted to live, was I really doing what I wanted to do and her funeral like I was in a relationship at that time with an amazing man like probably one of the loves of my life he was incredible but it was kind of a 95 percent and I was doing a job that I semi-enjoyed but it wasn't really a purpose or a calling and I remember going to her funeral and all of us being there and I I honestly still I mean even to this day I still chat to her quite a lot I I believe she was an earth angel because there were so many people at her funeral and so many of us in our 20s and to see the lives she touched or her passing had touched was so incredible and it was on the day I came home from her funeral that I broke up with my partner at the time and I made the decision of what is it that I really really want to do with my life and so it's down to her that I sit here now talking to you it's down to that moment that from there I decided I wanted to become a yoga teacher I wanted to go to India I wanted to do my teacher training I wanted to really go more into I'd always had an interest in the spiritual in in living that way of life but I was equally caught up in the 20 something of going out partying and clothes and shoes and cars and the latest mobile phone and and all those kind of things but her passing made me really move into that spiritual edge and it then took me to about a year and a half two years between her passing and my going to India because of having to save the money and That, I think, was then my second defining moment. It really was because for those two years, I remember it vividly. I'd go and I'd sit on the toilet in work and I'd cry nearly every day. And I'd say to the universe, like, I just want to be able to go to India and become a yoga teacher and help people and change lives. And you're not helping me. And I'm still here in this job that I don't like. And I realize now looking back that had I gone to India any sooner, again, I wouldn't be sat here with you talking to you now because that time made me. 
that, that those two years made me they prepared me for the journey I was going to go on and so even though at the time they were such a struggle and so hard and heartbreaking in so many ways that whole time was it was actually one of the most defining moments of my life for me for who I was as a person for learning resilience for going deep for going inwards for learning the lessons it was so powerful I honestly have goosebumps all over thank you for sharing that with us and it's funny because I always say that when people are in such pain you know like the pain you've just described that crying every day the feeling of I'm not living my life's truth or my real purpose but what I say to people is in each day you can't see it but Mm. every day that passes you are building this resilience and inner strength that you will need later but because we can't see it happening we can't see it building within us we kind of forget what's happening but through each day of pain is such enormous growth and I love hearing moments like this really because this is you know what I want this podcast to be about is to inspire people that it, it is it is almost always through suffering it that really we find meaning it really is I, and I was I was just going to say exactly the same thing to you because I, mm. I I say this a lot but it's it's only really in the time that our back is against the wall or we're on our hands and knees that we really learn because when life's just kind of plodding along and everything's fine we're not up against anything there's not as much growth or expansion there we can get complacent almost of just one day merges into another day and before we know it we're at another end of another year and we're like whoa where did that year go like what happened but it's in those times that we're kind of on our hands and knees. And like, if you're feeling the pain, it's because you're alive. And that's what then gives us that moment. And that little voice inside us says, get up off the bathroom floor, like wash your face, like, come on. And it's that aliveness in us then that takes us towards that purpose, because it gives us that grit and that drive to go there so all of my most powerful times in my life have been in those moments where I'm on my hands and knees truly I'm just like buzzing from this (laughs) so for you it was incredibly difficult because you went through immense grief and Mm. grief is undescribable and that was what kind of propelled you to this realization and change Um, but I as a healer which you are you know helping Mm. to heal people you and with many healers you experience something really um, traumatic and with that it gives you the kind of the drive towards a new path but Mm. through that you can then help people to find that for themselves without needing to go through the huge moment of pain so to someone who is not going through a traumatic event or is not at rock bottom as you have been as I have been as many people have been but are feeling oh my gosh I need change I need to shift Mm. something where would you advise them to start it's a brilliant question I think first of all, to start by tuning inwards as to where is that need for change coming from? And if you could make the change, what would that be? And that's why just to deviate into a tiny bit so we get a bit of it in there, that's why working with lunar cycles is so powerful because the few days before the new moon is what's known as the dark moon phase. And it's the lowest energetic 
point of the lunar cycle and the most emotional. So it's normally when people start to tune in a little bit more, they'll find that around every dark moon is the time where their partner really irritates them or they realize that they really dislike their job or that they're craving the change that you speak of. And so I think, first of all, it's really important to recognize that change and what you're searching for in that change. So what is it that you're unhappy about? To who and what is your discomfort aimed towards? And then why? Because this starts to show us where we are keeping ourselves small and stuck and not allowing that expansion to take place. So I think, first of all, it's really key to feel into, I'm feeling like I want change. What areas of life do I want change? And what am I hoping to gain from that change? Mm. So it gives us an insight then into what we're looking for. I will say quite often for humans, it sometimes though takes for that, I mean, there's that saying, isn't there, that it's when like the change of, when the the thought of staying becomes more painful than the thought of kind of leaving, that's when Mm. we make change. Because often it takes for us to get into some space of discomfort before we're then propelled to move. Because as humans, naturally, we're going to stay in the comfort zone. Mm. And so then it's about edging onto the, the, the edges of your comfort zone of putting a foot over the edge and going like, oh, this feels like oh, a little bit kind of scary. Like, how does this feel? And really then allowing yourself to expand into that change that you want to create. I mean, as you all know, we can change our lives in, an, in, in a day, in a moment. Oh, yeah. We have so much power within us, but we just don't ever realize it. And so sadly, we wait for the outside world to almost push us mm. into change. Whereas when you take responsibility for that power of change within you, it's, I always, I always describe it as terrifyingly exciting that there's a part of you that's like what are you doing what are you doing what are you doing and there's another part that's like woohoo here we go again (laughs) (laughs) absolutely do you know what it's funny I think you can absolutely transform your world and who you are in a moment it's Mm. the lead up to change that is the long bit that's the hard bit it's the just making the decision I want change that's the the hard work the rest is easy the rest is fun Once you've made the decision, it's done. And I think people get scared of transformation. And I think embrace it, which I'm Mm. a different person who I was a minute ago, just because I've learned something Mm. from you. And being able to honor a growth and transformation each day is so powerful. I said this at the end of my body and mind workshop with each sunrise we rise into someone new very inspired when I was writing that (laughs) but it's true because we change every day and also expanding on your point as well about just not wanting to stay where you are I remember speaking to someone who's quite famously and openly sober now and I said to her when I was trying to give up my own addictions I said oh you know was there like a big rock bottom she goes oh no I just was bloody exhausted by it I was like oh so I'm not why why am I waiting for this rock bottom of this like moment of despair I mean even though I had a bloody million rock bottoms but you know realizing that actually it was just being fed up of and tired of not feeling my best and not having a life that I loved and even yourself there's times where I'm like I'm fed up of myself right now so I've got a choice in this I can stay in this or I can do something about it and change it taking back the power that's what it's about oh my god Kirsty, I love you Okay, let's move on to your third defining moment. 
Again, it came from a, a kind of a hands and knees moment. So I then went to India, lived li- like lived the dream out there, had an incredible, I spent nine months out there, came back, became a yoga teacher, beautiful, went into teaching retreats, and then eventually moved to London um, to be with someone I was with at the time. And as much as it was a, a powerful relationship, I also found that even just that move to London and being in a whole new world and a whole new environment, I kind of found I'd lost a lot of myself. And looking back now, I mean, even people that sort of know me now would be like, wow, you, that, that happened to you? It happens to the best of us. And when I'd met this person, I'd been very, I mean, I describe it as almost a bit like, I was a bit feral. I was wild. I was free. I was living in Ibiza. I had toe rings and feathers in my hair and never wore shoes. And then I ended up in London in a very corporate world really Uh, my ex wonderful man again but was kind of a a very corporate lawyer and it took until again discovering one day that I'd become scared of life that really made me be like what what happened in this journey where at one point I wasn't afraid of anything I'd, I'd lived out of a suitcase I'd go wherever the universe told me to go and I realized that I'd just become so afraid of life in what way? I think the, the the best way I can describe it as now is if anyone has read the book Women Who Run With The Wolves, and if you haven't, read it. One of the best books ever. That I'd been almost like this, this wolf. I'd very much lived by my intuition. I'd lived in all in, in just the magic of the world. And then when he and I got together with his lifestyle and his way of being, I I, I felt like I and I let this happen, not not necessarily him, but I felt I lost a lot of my magic because he didn't get it. So he'd be like, I'd say something like, oh, we've got to go and do this. And he'd be like, but why? And I'd be like, because I just feel it, but why? Or well, how? And there had to be almost a, a scientific answer to everything. And I live in the magic, not the science. And so I felt that I'd just stop saying it or when a magical moment happened, I wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, did you just see that? I just, so gradually bit by bit I felt like I lost a bit of that magic and in doing so I went from feeling like a wolf to almost like a house cat that had its hair brushed nicely and a lovely little diamond collar put around its neck and was sat by the window on a beautiful silk cushion all very beautiful things I got very well taken care of but at the same time I lost my wildness I lost that instinct that intuition that that real part of me And so we went through a very, very kind of difficult breakup that lasted way too long. Every part of the inner me was like screaming what to do. But I suppose, again, when you stop listening to your intuition or you begin to second guess it or doubt it, it's very difficult then rather than just you get the feeling you act on it, boom, it's done. You learn to trust in yourself, which is where I'm at again now, thankfully. But I um, kind of almost overnight lost my home because obviously it was his house, a relationship, my London. I, I didn't really have any friends in London around that time. I didn't really know anyone in London. And I ended up living in this. Um, and again, I look back now with such fondness for it. But this grotty flat with mold and damp. I was so ill the whole time I lived there. Because <laughs> it's literally all I could afford at that time to move out and move on my own. And I mean, everyone I speak to now is like, yeah, we've all got one of those London stories. Like we've all got one of those. But again, those moments of being on my knees in that flat, I've been like, I literally do not know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet. I don't know how I'm going to, 
go from month to month. And again, having to rebuild a whole sense of identity of, well, who am I anymore? And and then I, I took a lot of time after that relationship to really work on my part of that, to own my part. Yes, I could sit here with you now and go, well, he did this and he didn't believe whatever, whatever. But I let that happen. Why did I stay? Why did I let that happen? Why did I stop standing up for my own magic? Why did I allow my intuition to dwindle? Like, why did I let myself get there? I spent an awful lot of time in those first few months in that little flat really going into all of that and also I had to hustle I was like this is it now girl it's you and you've got to do this and I, I trebled my income within three months I picked myself up and I used to have and I did it when I first arrived in India because when I first got into India I found that really challenging time as well you know on your own foreign country I did the same in this little flat where I'd, I'd put my own cheek on my own shoulder so I'd have my skin on my skin and I'd say to myself, like, it's okay. Like, I've got you. Like, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. Is I had to really learn to take care of myself and stand up for myself and own myself in those, in those few months. And again, looking back, so powerful. And it's from there I got a book deal and everything started to happen that I know just wouldn't have happened had we stayed together. So again, it was a massive starting point for the journey that brings me to, again, where I am here today, sat with you. Oh, I love it. I love it. Isn't it wild, though, how many of us, men and women, stay in situations, stay with people, stay in places that we know are not right for us? And what does it take to make that... um, that leap of faith to just go, oh my God, I have to step away. You know, it just, and even like you say, you were at this point, someone who was so sure of your wildness and your freeness and your wolf-like nature. Anybody can find themselves in a situation where they are not being their true, most authentic self. And it's so funny because I, I felt a lot of shame around it for a long time. And when I knew you were going to ask me my three defining moments today, I almost wasn't going to talk about this because there was a part of me that was like, curse, don't admit things like this on a podcast because what will people think? Like people would be like, oh, she like that happened to her. And that's why I wanted to really own it and come on here and speak to you about it today openly to say it can happen to the best of us. But the one thing, and again, it's, it's a, a passage from Women Who Run With The Wolves where she talks about, once a woman has lost and then refound her wildness, she will fight tooth and nail. She will never lose it again. And I agree with that now so wholeheartedly that I had to lose myself for that brief period of time to find myself now in such a way that I know without doubt I would never, ever, ever, ever lose myself in that way again because I I love myself too much now to ever do that to myself I love that I love you this is brilliant you know I think it's so so inspirational and it's so true I think you know and like we we've said now a couple of times this podcast it just it takes that pain that suffering that doing something that isn't right for you to find what is and to find um who you really are and it is all a journey and 
Also, thank you for being open and vulnerable because it's so, isn't it funny how we are so programmed to assume that we will be shamed or judged? We are still, even if we know better, you know, it's still a massive struggle to be open and vulnerable. But in my experience and in my belief, people are craving, craving openness and vulnerability because in in a world of social media where everything is filtered and edited and we just want connection and you can't connect with anyone unless there is that level of openness. So I know that this will only make people feel even more connected to you than they already do. Let's talk, Kirstie, a little bit about what you actually do about the lunar cycles. I know you touched on it a little bit, but for someone who is a complete beginner to all of this, could you give us a little rundown of an astrologer and and a moon mentor? So I basically teach, guide people to live back in alignment with the natural rhythm and flow once again. And so I believe that we're going to see a really big uprising of the feminine this year more so than ever and in that I mean for both men and women we've all got the feminine in us but we've lived for so long now in a very linear way of living whereby we expect everything around us and ourselves to be the same all day every day and it's just not the way that life is and I believe that's where a lot of our pain comes from because we struggle in trying to keep things the same and I use nature as an analogy such a lot but you don't see nature like clinging onto our leaves at autumn being like don't take them from me you don't see nature like refusing to blossom around spring nature's just like cool this is a rhythm, it's a cycle, here we go again. So there's nothing for me more powerful than living back in alignment with our own internal rhythm, where we give ourselves permission to feel however we need to feel, which again, especially more so for us women, can be different, not just day to day, but hour by hour. And it's when we try and control the way that we feel, or we try and suppress or deny emotion, that again, we get ourselves into a real mess and we stop been able to listen to that intuition and inner voice and we get smaller and we lose ourselves through that denial of what is and so part of my mission is to just get people back into a rhythm and a flow and living by the lunar cycles is one of the most beautiful and powerful ways to do it so every month the moon cycles through eight different phases And the moon turns our tides on earth. The moon, it's the gravitational pull of the moon that keeps the earth on its axis. And I think, again, we've become almost slightly arrogant as humans to be like, oh, the moon doesn't affect me or the nature doesn't affect me or the seasons don't affect me when the moon and nature governs nearly everything that goes on around us. And so when we can come back into that alignment, life takes on so much more magic. So the lunar cycles especially give us an opportunity to at least twice a month check in with ourselves so we don't get lost. We don't suddenly find ourselves three years later in a relationship that we're not happy in and a job that we don't enjoy and go like, whoa, what happened? It's like I said to you earlier, how often do we get We make all these New Year's resolutions and then it's dark and it's cold and it's grey and so we don't do anything about them, Jan and Feb. We forgot what they are by May and then we're like, wow, it's December again. (laughs) What happened this year? So lunar cycles give us a point at least twice a month on the new and the full moon to stop and to check in and to say, where am I? Am I headed in the direction I want to go? Am I happy? Am I doing what I want to be doing? Am I where I want to be? And if not, why not? And let me take responsibility 
as we again said right at the beginning, to now create the change that I want to be able to see rather than waiting for something outside of me to do it for me. So it means that we just take back our power in directing where our life is headed and what's going on around us. And we get that constant self-checking of, am I in my own way? Is anything else in my way? Where am I not being true to myself? Where am I not following the dreams? Where am I not giving places and people in my life enough attention? And again, how can I create some change around that? And also, you know, a fabulous time, the new moon, to manifest, correct? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know I'm all about manifesting. I do. Do you know what I think? This is so good, actually, for someone that is sort of beginning on their self-development journeys and f- might feel a bit intimidated by all the different things you can do, is actually, I would suggest, follow Kirsty and at the new moon and full moon, have a check-in. So even if you start with that twice a month, I think that's such a great way to do it. And then obviously you can develop it more and more. But it, I like that idea of just having, you know, knowing that twice a month you're checking in. Am I happy where I am? Where are my blocks? What's going on? What do I want to manifest? You know, so I absolutely love this. And even building that courage in yourself, because as you know about manifesting, we've got to do it a couple of times before. What really always surprises me is that when something bad happens, we take full responsibility for it. It's our fault. It's our fault because we're a rubbish person or we didn't do something properly. Or when the bad stuff comes along, we're all like, oh, it's all to do with me. When something good happens, it was luck. It was the universe. We don't ever own the power and the good things. As when you start to consciously manifest things, whether it's through your work of manifesting or through moon magic, you then get to have that moment where you go, I did that. I did that. I I wanted that to come true. I did that. And then we get more powerful because we go, right. I always tell people start with a car parking space because you've got no emotional attachment to that, whether it happens or not. But then once you've asked for a car parking space four, five, six times and it appears, then you start to go, oh, okay, I can create a car parking space. Maybe I can create the new job I've always wanted. Or maybe I can do this. And then we start to own that power that we have within each one of us to go I did that I created that I love that absolutely it's all about it trust in the universe Kirsty thank you so much I have honestly loved that episode so much I think that will I just feel like it just was so informative I feel it's actually one of my faves I think people will learn so much from this and really feel super inspired by you and your story um I love your energy thank you for your honesty my pleasure and yeah just thank you so so much for coming on the show thank you for having me Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. And I hope you've really enjoyed that episode with Kirsty. Make sure to follow her and check in on the new moon and full moon. Also, don't forget, it is my last manifesting workshop until summer on the 13th of February at 7pm. Details on my website. So sign up and I will see you there. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. 
Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. shopify.com slash work.